0: You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, and I have back, well, almost frequent guest and member of the uh, rotation, Eric Johnson from American Shipper. Hi, Eric. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me back. I'm definitely not the ace. I think I'm sort of like fifth pitcher in the rotation. <laughs> Ew, this
0: must be like four or five now. Like You do have a something punch like card that you know, pretty soon you're going to get a free supply chain. Something if you do like that. Enough. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I, I, yeah, ninth,
1: <laughs> ninth podcast free. That's right.
0: But uh, we are at Arela. Retail Supply Chain Conference here in sunny Phoenix, Arizona, and we've um, been chatting throughout the day about what we're observing, and this has been an interesting conference because the whole thing has been around reinventing retail and, and reimagining your retail supply chain for the digital future. All the stuff that we come have been accustomed to hearing, but you see it very evident here, and you see a lot of a different crowd than usual, at least I think so. It's there's an element here that we've been missing. And I would say that that's a little bit in the world of 3PLs, logistics providers, and also ports. More presence from that audience than I have seen at this event in the past.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I've definitely noticed the same thing. When you walk the exhibition floors here today, you're seeing a lot of 3PLs and, and really sort of prominently displaying sort of like peacocks showing their feathers. And you're absolutely right. The idea that retailers need to reinvent themselves, I think, is sort of touching every single, you know, kind of stakeholder that has a a stake in in retailer success. And I think you're seeing, you know, 3PLs to a certain extent want to kind of re-engage and get back in the game when it comes to being in front of retailers, showing that they actually do matter when it comes to the retailers reinventing themselves, for sure.
0: Are they at risk of just becoming a commodity? I mean, are they a commodity right now? I mean, it's, I feel like they value add for a lot of retailers in this space. But if there are so many of these other upstarts that are focused on doing the last mile or other aspects of logistics, faster, easier, more smoothly, what happens to these guys that have been dominating the industry for years?
1: You know, I think, I think this has been the question of 3PLs and all their different sort of categories within that broad term 3PL for a while a couple things i'd say one it's hard to say that anyone is a is more of a fighter than a than a logistics company they don't have any assets they're not moving anything their their raison d'etre is to be in that middle and provide a service and value add as you said they figure out ways to keep evolving and doing that it used to be you know a little slice of margin or a fee they realize you know that model is probably not going to sustain itself over the course of time. So I think what you're seeing is the kind of ebb and flow. It's almost like a marketing question, like the an ebb and flow of the, you know, the last few years, you've seen all these startups emerge in the shipping, logistics, freight, supply chain space, all sort of saying, hey, there's lots of inefficiency out there. We can diminish or, or really cut out all of that inefficiency by using algorithms and by automating all this stuff that middlemen have done traditionally. But, you know, forwarders have kind of stepped forward and said, you know, no, we're still in the game over the last few years. 3PLs, NVOs, all different stripes of forwarders, all different stripes of, of 3PLs. And I think what they're saying is, you know, there's still things that they're adept at that Technology is not going to necessarily completely account for, you know, origin services, final mile potentially services, you know, having the clout, especially the bigger 3PLs, having the clout to deal directly with carriers and get capacity in tight markets. Those are kind of things that you know the upstart technology companies and logistics aren't able to just walk into those positions. So I think you've seen the. Three pls, and, and it's very evident here. Three pls are starting to like say, no, no, no. We haven't left this market to the upstarts. We uh, we still we believe we are, you know, in a still in an ascendant position. So,
0: yeah, and I think that message is fairly clear when you do look at some of the way they do position themselves. They're all about being that backbone of digital transformation. It, they've aggregated the best of breed services within their own platform, so that you, the retailer, doesn't have to worry about it so much, right?
1: Right. Yeah, on that point, I would say, you know, we heard a lot of discussion today from retailers about, you know, something to the effect of, you know, we looked at doing this. We realized we didn't have the, the time. We didn't have the investment necessary to do it in expedient of a fashion. And, and I'm talking about technology investment. So, I mean, that's an age old question. Like, that's something that every single shipper wrestles with and 3PL, for that matter, wrestles with all the time. You know, do I buy or do I build or do I rent? And I think 3PLs can really insert themselves back into the equation with retailers. They've never left, by the way. You know, a lot of it is the marketing around some of the startups. But they can sort of get back into that kind of pole position as being innovation leaders if they adopt a kind of mixture of their own innovation with some, you know, off-the-shelf stuff look at some of the startups, what they're doing, maybe mimic it, maybe buy, maybe, you know, there's all sorts of things that they can do because they have resources that some of the startups just don't have or have to, you know, spend on just building out their technology or their network,
0: so. There was a fun quote this morning, or maybe a passage, but as the morning keynote speaker, Doug Stevens Yes. Was, uh, was pulling out the retail, retail
1: The retail profit. The
0: retail profit. Yeah. But he brought up the old quote from Blockbuster Video that, well, you know what? Netflix is a niche service. They don't really play in our space, and we frankly aren't worried about that because they're not in our world. That, we talk about this a lot, almost to the point of cliche, but that seems very valid in an industry like 3PLs because if you're not thinking about what the other guy is doing, what those new startups around the edge are trying to innovate on that might be a little bit different or might not come from the same depth of experience that you have, and considering how that might Change your whole business. You are at risk of becoming that blockbuster.
1: Well, you, I mean, you've seen Damco came out with Twill Logistics almost a year ago. I'm forgetting some of the other kind of digital storefront brands that that some of the established forwarders have have presented. We've seen Marisk talk about becoming kind of this end-to-end container logistics service provider for shippers. Yeah, I mean, if you're not cognizant of, I, I think. What the startups have done is put everyone on their toes. And that's an extension of what, obviously, what Amazon has done in terms of putting everyone on their toes. But it's put a premium on, you know, everyone else responding. And that's a good thing, you know. I mean, I think we we had an article in in our February issue about kind of how retailers were kind of going to meet the e-commerce challenge. And a couple people said, this is good. This is like getting rid of kind of stayed stuff that no one bothered looking at, you know, opening that closet that's full of junk and dust and emptying it out and making better use of it, you know? So I would agree that every, if every 3PL is not, they should be confident, but they should also be very, you know, examining themselves very closely.
0: And it's hard to do that, to take that look in the mirror, because if you've been king of the hill for so long and you always feel that your reputation is so good, you don't have to be advertising your presence or continuing to run forward or do something like that. That's when it gets risky for you as a business. That's when these little guys, or maybe even the Amazon of the world, who find a way to disrupt lots of industries, not just retail, get their in. Because they they innovated and they're doing better.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's For sure. I, one of the things that I've sort of thought of recently is how companies tend to gravitate toward service providers that are in the same sort of orbit as them, like size-wise. So you have you know, like on the e-commerce, exploding e-commerce only kind of list of companies globally that are trying to transact, they've tended to, you know, gravitate toward the Shopify, you know, Magento ecosystems using little niche providers that help with cross-border trade or some, you know, some aspect. They're not going to go and get a major piece of software because they can't afford it. They're not even thinking in those terms. Big enterprises, similarly, they might be a little skittish about using a small startup for a major piece of their business when that startup maybe hasn't proven themselves over time. Same with mid-tier, you know, and I think, you know, you're seeing like, you know, solid logistics companies on that mid-tier side appeal greatly to mid-tier regional retailers who feel like they're getting a nice blend of kind of cutting edge innovation, but also that handheld service that they that they would expect from a smaller Logistics right, company, you're opening so. up
0: a little bit more access to yeah, that world than you could get right in multiple ways. Changing the subject just a little bit, but staying within this this realm. I feel a little bit like aside from a couple of a couple of sessions that I've attended, that Amazon is less of a scary monster in the closet right now as it's just another thing that you have to deal with. It's like another Walmart. It's that big yeah. guy that has all the toys, has the big war chest. And they just are part of this industry now. Do you get that sense that people are just accepting that it's there and rather than just, you know, run away from it or try to join it or simply try to copy it? They're just trying to build a business that accentuates the things that they as retailers focus on and specialize in.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. I think, you know, there's this, what, the 12 stages of grief or whatever, you know, and I, you know, obviously the first stage is denial and all that. And then there's acceptance somewhere along the line. And I think, you know, I, I can remember about two years ago, I did a presentation for a small group at CSCMP in Jacksonville. And I did a presentation about what Amazon means to them. And I talked about all the different like, ways Amazon kind of permeates the business world inside and outside of logistics. And you could tell there were, I mean, there were lots of questions. Oh, they do that? Oh, they're involved in data. Oh, uh, you know they, they saw like one part of Amazon. They didn't see the big battleship, you know, from yeah. way far away. They were the cliche, like
0: the, the cliched image of the iceberg, right? That's they, right. Oh, they this, were right up against okay. it.
1: Yeah, they were right up against it and couldn't see everything that they're involved in. And I think, for the most part, anyone who's gone to this for like three this event for three years knows the extent to which Amazon, maybe they don't understand still the extent to which Amazon innovates like on a constant basis or what that will mean and looks like. But they certainly realize that like now Amazon is that that person in the, in the room at all times. And it's not about like, can you kick him out of the room? It's more like, how do you coexist? What's the best way to coexist with, with that person?
0: Yeah. And... You know, acceptance isn't the worst thing in this no. in this space because we you can make a lot of money times. off of, You can yeah. make a
1: lot of money off Amazon if you if you have the right approach to them. Right,
0: but always be cautious because they are going to innovate faster and in more unexpected ways than almost anyone. And else. reverse
1: engineer and mm-hmm. learn and yeah, no, for sure. You have to go in eyes wide open. Yep. Eyes wide open.
0: All right, great. So uh, Eric Johnson, is there anything that we should look for in upcoming episodes of American Shipper or things that you're interested in right now that you'd like to mention on the show today?
1: Well sure, I'll have a you know a wrap up on e commerce from this from this event and, and just sort of bigger picture looking at like what companies wrestle with from a you know, cross-border e-commerce perspective and some of the interesting kind of approaches that are out there for especially smaller companies, but even up to enterprises in terms of how you tap into, you know, a big group of suppliers that can sell direct to consumer and from abroad that has no idea what logistics and customs clearance and all that stuff is all about. You know, their eyes have been opened by sales, but they have no idea about what it takes to get from there to here. So that's one area. I think just sort of this is totally un- unspecific to retail, but the wide, crazy wide world of trucking visibility and demand matching on that side of things is something I'm, I'm really knee deep in right now. So so definitely we'll have something on that in the near future. But yeah, those are the main nice, things.
0: Excellent. Where, of course, for our listeners, can we find you?
1: AmericanShipper.com, on Twitter at Amship Eric. Do you give email addresses out? E Johnson at shippers.com. com. Send me all your stories. You just did it. So. Stories, so,
0: yeah. <laughs> all right, great. Thank you for joining the show. I think you are, like I said, close to earning a plaque at this point for being a frequent guest. Oh I thought
1: I was gonna get a free frozen yogurt. Oh, Oh yeah,
0: that's right. Um, all right. we're working all right. on the on the prize, you know, okay. it's, it's all right. And uh, you know. It's evolving like everything else. That's right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us on Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. And, of course, for any other news, tips, or, well, advice, shoot me a note at scr.podcast at info.com. Thanks for listening.